I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it, like trips to places to do things. We take a trip each year now. It's becoming an annual event. Okay, well, if it happens twice, it's annual, and then if it doesn't happen again, we did that. So, yeah, there you go. I, I'm hoping it becomes an annual thing, because about once a year, we it was about the time we're getting fed up with all the rest of everything else. Well, that's good, because you need one of those kind of vacation-type things. But most vacation-type things that people think of are not something a Jess would do. You are correct. A Jess is not a typical human being, and so the things that many human beings do for relaxation and recovery and escape are not the things that a Jess would do for those purposes. And so we ran away to a fanish event and had our happy little fan time being yes. fans at Gallifrey One. Yes. That made him smile just hearing it. It's great. I love your smile. Oh, okay. And so getting here... We had your work wife plan to babysit two kids while we left town. Yes. Right after you got back from going and visiting number two child, which we will talk about soon. Last year, when we went out of town, we had our favorite sitter Mm -hmm. lined up to watch the kids at our house. Yeah. And that was for a couple nights. And then my aunt to watch the dog. And then we had grandma for backup because kids were supposed to be at their other parents' houses. And two of them went to their dad's and the other one went to grandma's. Mm -hmm. And then he went, I think he was mostly with grandma. But anyhow, the point is that we had a plan and a backup plan and so forth. And in the meantime, when my aunt last watched our dog. Oh gosh, which was when we went to Michigan for the funeral. Yes, she kind of lost him. She found him, which is how she figured out that she had lost him. Which but is then what she kind of lost herself a few times. Yes, and she is able to function to an extent, and then there are better times and worse times, but none of them are ideal. So Correct. Um, none of them are what we would trust our children to. Well, and at this point anymore. any type of change in her structure or stress level can induce further malfunction. And we've had some stress lately. So her malfunction is, I don't know what to say about that. But <laughs> Right. Last um, year, last year we had cause to go other places like three times in half a year. Yes. We went to a wedding and then we went to galley and then we went to a funeral. Yes. And in all of these situations, we would make plans and backup plans and backup plans. And we're noticing that it's good that we're making backups for backups for backups because we right. end up getting onto those levels. By we this do. point, this is the fourth time in a year, year and a half. Yes. And this time I booked my work wife to watch the kids and the dog because she does a lot of pet sitting. And if you book her way ahead of time, she's available. So once we got the email and we knew we were coming here, I asked her, would she please do that? Yes. Because she is uh, the most functional and reliable of everybody and has the least amount of exterior responsibilities, which is why she does so much pet sitting. Mm-hmm. She's available to do that. Yes. So we asked her to do that thinking, well, if she does it, we won't have to have as many backups. Correct. Famous last. Then your work wife's father's health began failing. Yes. He, he uh, was in a hospital stay just as we were about to leave. And their family communicates about as well as your family does. 
Am I going to the hospital? Yeah, I should probably tell somebody. Is somebody dying? I should probably tell somebody. Maybe Am I going on a plane? I should probably tell somebody. They no, they don't. But, yes. <laughs> um, so they didn't. Somebody didn't tell her her father was in the hospital, and that was equally upsetting to her. Mm-hmm. So she was wanting to go. Well, she didn't say she wanted to go, but she was scheduled to watch our children and dog and suddenly found out her father was in the hospital. And our other backup plan is often grandma, but grandma's not available right now. Grandma's not available right now because her husband has just passed and she has a ton of family there. And she's grieving Papa. And they were married just over 50 years, which is a terribly long time to be hanging out with the same person, getting used to them, being there too entertain, need you, annoy you, and various other options. Yes. So my work wife was willing to stay at our house anyway because it is winter and she cannot get to her father with the current winter weather, the winter weather we were having. Correct. That Those days. And there was more weather coming and there was no wave. It's very, you know, remote. She grew up on a farm. It's far from an airport. And there are the roads are not drivable right now. Yes. In any case, what worked out is another sick person. Yes. As a number zero child we talked about before had been in hospital mm-hmm. and in and out of hospital and staying with us while she was managing hospital and ailments. She was feeling well enough that she was able to uh, accept that duty. And yes. And she was glad to do that favor for us. And I was relieved that she could do that because everybody else has her hands tied right now. Yes. You know, I knew it was going to work out with something. I mean, our babysitter would have probably made it work. Probably. But I, I didn't, we don't like probabilities when we're leaving town. It's generally not our favorite. So the big kid is there taking care of the dog now and took care of the other kids. And so we had gotten an email. We were even thinking about not coming this year because we hadn't planned on it at first. And we were thinking, you know, we don't know if we'll be able to get tickets. The con often sells out in a day and often even in an hour or two. And so, you know, who knows if we'll be able to get tickets, if we'll be free when the tickets are released, if we will be able to manage. At this point, we didn't know that number two child would be moving away. This is way back in last spring. And then we get an email because we had volunteered like we talked about last year with setup. And so we get an email from one of the organizers this year saying, will you be helping again with setup? And we're like, okay. (laughs) This is the cell. If you give my wife work to do on her vacation, she'll she'll go on her vacation. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It is true. And so at that point, knowing that we had guaranteed tickets because we were volunteering, we said, yes, okay, we will be there. And then once we actually got things set up and we were helping out and it was kind of great just to be here. It's it's totally like homecoming. It's it's family reunion. Right. And it's totally great. And there are so many other queer bees here. Mm-hmm. And so we were passing out. I made this year and I posted it on our social media a couple months ago. I had made, and it looked like a couple other people had them made also, pronoun ribbons. Because attaching ribbons to your ID badge is a thing that happens at Galley for our listeners who don't attend conventions. People have them printed with quotes from a TV show or from whatever else they like and share them and trade them. And it is a element of the culture. Yes, it is. And so we had pronoun badges printed, among others. And lots of folks were very happy to see our our ribbons, which are really your ribbons. And I once in a while get to give someone one that you haven't given them one yet. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is the danger of being the introvert. You you give out fewer ribbons, and so you're less likely to uh, find somebody who doesn't already have if we're sharing the same ribbon. Right. That, and I, I think I maybe passed out one or two ribbons today because I just totally forget about that. Yeah. yeah they're, they're in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember. Right. To right. do it. And then, of course, the other thing being that people I did give them to mostly already have our ribbons because you did it because you're quite thorough. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of contacts because we had been volunteering. And so we got them. We got the ribbons set out at at least one person shift on registration. And we had one person in the member services area. And we had one person who was frequenting LobbyCon, which is the hotel lobby. It's another element of the culture in a convention. Like I said, you're thorough. I had some contacts who were willing to pass out our ribbons for us. <laughs> they were so very excited. We could not be, hi, look, we're the queers over here who are really anonymous stealth people, but we're passing out the ribbons we said we would. And we've got some great stories back from them, and I'm hoping that we can rope one or two of them into talking with us before the weekend is over. And if they do, then we'll put that here. Janet has been one of our biggest ribbon pushers this year at Galley, and we are super excited to have them come and tell us some stories about how that has gone because, you know, we, we do this where we try and protect our identities and distance ourselves from the project online here with the podcast. But it's great to be able to still provide and help out with what we can. And so, Jemmet, would you tell us uh, maybe some stories that you've experienced, some things that have happened while you've been passing out the pronoun ribbons for us? And I think, go ahead and start with, because I don't know, because you, you met Jess first, how you ended up finding the ribbons and what you thought when you found Jess. Well, first of all, I already knew about the Pronoun Ribbon Project and had already written to con staff about the possibility of making it a, a formal practice at registration, but I got to it too late. Uh, we're going to try to make it formal next year. Excellent. Uh, so I had already looked at could I afford to bring my own pronoun ribbons, so I was very excited to find out that someone else had decided to afford their own pronoun ribbons yes. and that they actually wanted my help passing these out. So that's that's how I came in contact with it, and that was that was just, that really made my con was being able to help with that. In terms of how it's gone and uh, individual interactions... Most of the interactions have been effortless and lovely. I have a spiel that I do when I hold out the box of ribbons. I say I'm encouraging everyone to display their pronouns on their badges because that way it's not just the queer folks doing it. We, we all need to be thinking about respecting each other's pronouns. And at that point, a lot of people just grab one and say thank you. A lot of people just grab one and say thank you and are really excited about it. And a lot of people politely avoid the whole thing and go and grab another one of my ribbons and we don't make any kind kind of a deal about it, and that's that's all been very smooth. There have been a few cases where someone has actively, uncomfortably said, I don't think I'm going to do that, and I say, that's fine, and we move on. Um, but the people who have been active about saying that and have looked uncomfortable about it have all presented as women. The people who have given me any kind of crap about it have all presented as men. 
Mm-hmm. They have, in fact, all Do presented... Do we look very shocked? I, they have, in fact, all presented as white cis dudes. Unfortunately. Oh, my goodness. I would never <laughs> have guessed. Uh, which is why we ran out of she long before we ran out of a lot of a lot more people took they than i expected uh including some people who were not presenting in in any kind of a flagging way it was just oh my gosh i have the option and they took the option i, I it noticed was that too. That's great, I noticed yeah. too when i was sitting up uh with jess and she had some ribbons there and, and uh, lots lots more folks i had a these. couple people experience um that someone would take a they because they were cosplaying as both genders and they didn't want to flag, you know, don't call me by my costume, call me by my other thing. And mm-hmm. if they just pick they, then they left it open for, you know, their presentation to dictate on a given day. Yeah. I had a few people take a they and I was really excited. And then they said, again, people presenting as male, something that made it clear that they were not taking this seriously. Like, I identify as a transitorian meat sack something or other, and I say, really, you do? And they say, yeah, but you don't have my pronoun. I say, I'm sorry, we don't have any blanks this year, but we do intend to have those next year. And they walk away, and I feel gross. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm not in the business of calling people on their crap in that particular way. I'm just in the business of responding as an appropriate person should respond. Correct. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> because, you know, the, 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 the people who you know feel strongly about identifying as dragons, as whatever else, I, th- that's not my business. I identify as a bird plane. <laughs> I am not going to knock anyone's self-identification. Yes. But when they appear to be making fun of me, I am going to follow up on it. Right, right. There have been some wonderful interactions. I'm also uh, personally handing out a separate ribbon that uh, I say, you know, this ribbon is for people who identify as some form of queer or LGBT. And I've had multiple people come up, look at the pronoun ribbons, kind of hesitate, look at the queer ribbon, kind of hesitate, and go, oh, well, I kind of want, I mean, I, I don't really identify as queer, but that's such a cool ribbon. The ribbon says, I am an experience. It's from Steven Universe. And I say, well, do you feel like an experience? That's great. Could you be an experience? And they say, well, I, I might be an experience. And I hand them the ribbon and they start talking and they start talking about how they're not sure what pronoun fits or how binary trans people have policed them for being by gender and they don't have words to even explain that that's what's been going on. And I have gotten to be the person saying, you are trans enough, you are queer enough. Come here, honey, it's fine. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great experience. Yeah, it's it's been so good. I wouldn't have thought of that, but... Yeah. That's great, that's great. Now, you said that you had had one person um, came and had a conversation with you about this. and Yeah, it was, again, when I'd offered some uh, pronoun ribbons, and he said he didn't take a ribbon, but I'm going to presume he in this case. Uh, he said, I, I have a question about these, and I said, okay. And he asked a question 
I can't even remember the wording, but it was one of those questions that sounds like a straw man argument, like how do you how do you make that work with grammar kind of question. Right. And it was a question I actually had a really easy answer to, so I answered it. But then I could see that this was a person I could potentially engage with, and I said, that reminds me of another very common question, which is uh, how do you deal with, you know, is it themselves or themselves? And this actually has an easy answer because if you go back to the history of the word you, you used to be plural only. It was thou singular, you plural. So it's you yourself singular or you yourselves plural. And so it's they themselves singular, they themselves plural. And suddenly I was having a grammar conversation with someone who's probably really used to textual engagement and I could see the light come on that he suddenly got that he was talking with someone who was taking this seriously. And I said, the he and she pronouns, I just feel like I'm trapped in too small a box. They lets me feel like I can breathe. And I could see him get it. Yeah. So I had a lot of kind of taxing, but really important conversations this weekend. That's great. That is absolutely wonderful. Do you have any other conversations that you would be able to recount that might encourage our listeners? (laughs) All the others were really too personal, but that was the best thing about them, was that because I was there, because I was making eye contact and giving permission for people to talk about this stuff, they were telling me really private things. They were telling me about dressing up on the weekends because they didn't dare dress up in front of anyone else. Aww. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's an an almost... I, I wouldn't say therapeutic, but it feels like the kind of stuff that people tell their religious leaders. Like, I, I'm here, I am being an authority figure just by having this stuff and by being a listening person. And I think I did good stuff this weekend. That's awesome. Well, we are really appreciate that you have done this for us, that you've been one of a few people passing out these ribbons. And thank you for coming and sharing your stories of passing out the ribbons with us. Very welcome. I suggest a full frontal assault with automated laser monkeys, scalpel mines, and acid. One woman that we were working with is a married woman who also has children in the elementary to teenage range. And she decided that you were her favorite person at the con. Which was funny, because I'm sure that her spouse is here somewhere. Oh, I'm sure of that, too. (laughs) And I said, he's my favorite person at the con, too. And she said, but isn't he your favorite person all the time? And I said, usually. I think she said, but that's permanent, right? That, that is what she, yes, thank you. You had the right words this time. How's that? Uh. <laughs> and I was thinking about that later, and I'm thinking, because he's not like typical macho man, he like actually listens, and he actually does things, and he doesn't discount my opinion, and he treats me like a human being and not a possession. Which I've seen her husband a couple of times, you know, just in passing, mm-hmm. talking with folks. And he seems like a, a nice guy, pretty easygoing guy. He doesn't seem, although I think she did indicate at some point that the listening part is, you know, mm-hmm. between spouses that often happens. One feels yeah. like the other one's not listening. Yes. But yeah, she seems like the type that would pick someone nice as well, that she enjoys their company, not just, I don't know. It's right. hard to explain, but... Right, but like you were just being very attentive, like as I would be doing a thing and you had been released from your prior duty, you would come over and check on what I was setting up or what I was working on. And she would always be like, oh, that's so sweet. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's why I keep him around. (laughs) If he was an asshole, he wouldn't be here. Yes. 
This is true. And then there was another woman who was clearly trans feminine. I'm not expressing any judgment. You know, she's You're just, trying to give some background. Yes, I'm and it's the only background it's, you have. Yes, it's it's all I've got to describe. This trans feminine woman comes up and just starts talking to you. The one the little yeah. one. And, you know, no preface, no... So your thought is that she came over to talk to me because she kind of recognized that I was a trans guy. I don't know. Well, I wondered that. And, of course, like some other trans people wonder once in a while Mm -hmm. if somebody came over to talk to them because they're trans. Yeah. Uh Like all the time. Yeah. You wonder these things. Um, Am I I her today? Walking past and looking at me, I could see it out of the corner of my eye. Mm Mm-hmm. But being an introvert, I, I see somebody looking at me. I make sure I don't look at them. <laughs> don't look. It's true. They might talk to you. Mm-hmm. But she decided to come right back around in this way that women do. Like they're watching and then they just come right over there anyway. Mm-hmm. And start talking to me. But we're at a geeky thing. So a lot of times people come up to you. Like yesterday, some woman came up and started talking to me. She was dressed as um, River Song in the jean jacket outfit. Okay. And just started talking to me because of my outfit. Yes, and this is another thing that happens at cons. People dress up and in a costume, and there is an understanding among seasoned and respectful cosplayers and con-goers that cosplay does not equal consent. Just because I am wearing a costume does not give you the right to reach onto my costume and touch it, to take my picture, to start up a conversation with me because I am wearing something you like. Yes. It is an invitation to interaction, but consent is still important. I will talk to people that are able to do that. As I was coming through the lobby this morning, there was a woman coming the other way and and she saw my outfit and she said, exclamatory type things. And <laughs> is, that, is that like patriarchy? She said exclamatory type things. It's, at least it's not exterminate. <laughs> but, um, yes, if she said exterminate, then you need to run. Yes. You might have the uh, eye stalk growing out of her head like the Mohawk person. Yes. But th- what that person did was say, oh, I love your outfit and it's quite wonderful and uh, I think you did a brilliant job. And, and you said, thank a, you, my wife got everything. A little conversation and then may may I have a photo? with Yes. And that would be the typical, you know, you start with a compliment and if the conversation is continued by the person that you are complimenting, then you ask for the photo. And I've even had people just say, your compliment costume is gorgeous. May I have your photo? And that much is enough for me. Yes. Yes, you may. Where some other people yesterday would just come up and start talking to me like, um, well, we're, we're with a lot of geeks. They don't all have the That is correct. It it is not uncommon for these kind of events to have a higher than average concentration of autistic spectrum and other social awkward individuals. Right, which I talked to you about the other day, um, the first evening of the con, where a couple of folks who I'd been talking to earlier that day, women, mentioned that they were on the spectrum. And then one of them said, uh, that one was a vendor. She said she was older. So she said if she had known when she was younger, if there was more of an understanding like there is now, it would have helped her that just knowing that there was something going on that she could know about. I, I mentioned to you that it seems that people are very aware, or many people are aware that if they're on the spectrum, 
and they can talk about it. Because I said to her, well, there's a, a lot of uh, people, you know, that come to the con that, that often are on the spe-. She said, oh, you think so? <laughs> so? In other news, water is wet. Yes. So, uh, and then the one, the next one I talked to later, uh, she said, because we were talking and I think she was trying to figure something out, like, like our, our, uh, number one child often does of, are you joking or is this a serious conversation? Because he needs to understand. Yes. And, and so, number one will actually check in, you know, are you being sarcastic? I don't quite understand. Because yes. And so she, nonverbal cues are not always the best. Yes. She was doing something similar. She said, you know, just wanted to, uh, I guess, qualify. So I, I'm, I'm on the spectrum and sometimes I don't understand things, you know, to let me know that if she didn't seem to be under, you know, if I, I wasn't getting a response mm-hmm. or she wasn't sure what I said, she would just ask me to explain. Yes. And she was very social. She's the one that was down there when we went to get some dinner. Mm-hmm. That was her. Yes. So very social, mm-hmm. but is aware that she's um, got that little gap of what's going on here? Something probably. Do I need to know? <laughs> um so, yeah, there's an awareness of that. And is then, my life going to be adversely affected if I can ignore it? <laughs> yeah. There's that, too. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, overall, it's been really a good experience. Mm-hmm. The other night when we were standing around talking in the lobby with folks, and um, you were talking with some folks, and then I, I don't know if I went to throw something away or something, and I saw the guy that we had seen last year, and so I went over to say hi to him, and he was with another fellow that I don't know, but I know, I knew who he was, but anyhow, there there was weird gendery things that I don't understand. Okay, so an acquaintance, and probably even we would say friend from last year, was with a internet micro-celebrity who is not stealth like we are. Right. And was friends with them. Yes. And from there, you went over to talk to your friend. Yes. Who is from a European country. So it was a little awkward because the micro-celebrity, and I think this is just his personality, but because I don't know a lot about men's social interactions, as a f- it's not familiar to me. I was trying to navigate. It was odd for me to try to navigate. The other guy inviting my friend to go have a drink and introducing my friend, because he was also his friend, but I had introduced myself to the guy, so, you know, he was just kind of ignoring that and I was there, not totally ignoring, but not introducing me or anything. There were a couple of layers to that, yeah. Like, they were both tall guys. Yes, they were. And you were five foot four. Yes. You are a nondescript white guy, and he is foreign, your friend. Mm-hmm. And so he becomes token, and without outing yourself, you have no tokenage that people would want to latch onto. Or or maybe of value to him either way, if he did recognize that I, you know, if he was, I was stealth, definitely a stealth, just some guy with him. Yeah. That was obvious to me. But yeah, I felt my friend was being acquired as a token, and I didn't think that was very nice. This is my foreign friend. He introduced him to some other people as his foreign, you know, his foreign. My friend from. And I thought, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's pretty clear at that point he's becoming token. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people like us have seen this numerous yeah. times and been there numerous times. And the, the 
you know, my friend who is foreign, he, you know, he's just my, my friend from here, but he was kind of looking at, at me like when the guy invited him for a drink and he looked like he was trying to figure it out, like socially, what kind of American social interaction is this? Although the other guy isn't that necessarily American. He might be. I think he's, he's Canadian. Yeah, he's, he, he's from. Yeah. But. The, those Canadians are usually even more, well, they're known for being apologetic, but... Yes. They're not as pushy as Americans can be, at least uh, stereotypically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw the look on the, the guy's face. Uh, like, he could see I wasn't really bothered by it, because I just thought, well, I, I don't really want any alcohol. But, uh, no, I wasn't asked. and So, I don't know. I was trying to discern, like... What is a men's thing and what is the other things? And I think this is a, it was mostly an other thing. Yeah. But like I, you said, there is a status thing about I'm a short guy and yeah. I don't have a special status. Yes. So, so that was uh, being a trans guy trying to navigate the men's social interactions. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people deal with that when transitioning, trying to assimilate how much of this awkwardness is just awkwardness and how much of it is gendered awkwardness. Right. Like, I knew I could go over and talk to them, and it's easy for a guy to join some other guys talking. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it is okay for women, too. But but as a dyke, it wouldn't be so easy. Maybe in this crowd, it would be easier. Yeah. But... But most crowds, because I would have, I would already be trained not to from my interactions with groups of men that I just wouldn't bother right. in the past. Right. And I was surprised to see the friend there because he wasn't sure if he would be here because he's from very far away. So That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. But I'm an introvert, so I don't like then start a bunch of conversations. Correct. So The other people who came up and talked to us while we were standing there talking a little bit mm-hmm. were people that... The micro celebrity knew, and they would introduce themselves. Yes, and they were all very friendly. Yes, was this all the Mohawk crowd and some other folks too? Yeah. But, well, the yeah the Mohawk crowd was the most friendly. They were very very friendly, and mm-hmm. it's funny because here they are walking in with presentations that are very punk rock and would in most settings be considered very off putting. But around here, they're just looking like the gang from the Eighth Doctor movie. I don't know. They're just part of the crowd. And if you've been here for a couple of years, then you know who they are and you've seen them every year. And hey, good to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another guy who came over after that. Those those folks went to do something else. And he was more of a standard cisgendered straight guy who I can't remember if he was foreign or not. I, I think he might have been. But he was kind of between the two crowds. He was friendly like the Mohawk crowd, but didn't introduce himself or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So and I think people who come to these things and have like a smaller celebrity status sometimes don't want more attention. Yeah. Random people bothering them so they don't. I was thinking about that as I was sitting there on our very first day that we arrived and one of the Verities and one of RFS were both sitting at one of the tables and I was thinking I would love to go over and talk to them but I know if it was me I would not want somebody just coming up and fanning and oh, yay, look at you, especially since that's the only thing I really have to say is, oh, I'm such a fan. I'm so glad you're here. And mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation with you, but I have nothing to talk about. Go me. And yeah, I'm can... sure they get a lot of that. Right. And I think that some of them are a little more easygoing than others about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they expect it. But because I went to um, a Verity thing. Yeah. And I stayed to give them 
at the end, you know, even though I'm a, a introvert, I stood around awkwardly and waited till, you know, I could say something awkwardly and <laughs> give them some ribbons. But they could, you know, they were also used to awkward geeks standing around. So yes. uh, one of them said, was talking and said, I'll be right back and ran out to get water and came back. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give them ribbons, but I didn't want to be intrusive and, and, and you know. Yes. Um, I wanted to give them pronoun ribbons. Yes. We did reserve I, a couple for ourselves because, to pass out, yes. Yes, because because you hadn't gotten them yet. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> which is all of probably three people at this whole con that right. I've managed to give ribbons to without you having gotten there first. So. <laughs> Um, and they were two of them. And uh, so, but they were all excited because they really liked my outfit. And so then I asked them if we could have a picture and they were very excited to do that. And that was very nice. Yes. So, very good. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. And then, so I saw uh, one of them today, I saw um, Deb Stanish uh-huh. in the, in the um, not the lobby, the downstairs lobby type place. Yes. Standing there. And I was talking to somebody else and I saw her standing over there just looking around waiting for somebody and so you know you, we had a like normal conversation about what we were doing that's nice which is, was also the nice thing about the person in the lobby this morning who wanted a picture and we had a normal conversation yes. about things and then there's other people who don't have normal conversations and you hope that they're not going to do that for too long and are thinking <laughs> Uh, how can I... As an extrovert who regularly strikes up conversations with people I don't know, it is not uncommon for me to... It's definitely in the minority of the occurrences, but it happens often enough that I am familiar with the experience of, I wish I hadn't started a conversation with you. And that's a horrible way to say it, and I'm probably a horrible person, but that's really what it is. I introduced myself to you, I started a conversation with you, and now I regret it because this is feeling emotionally painful. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've developed some skills for extricating myself from those situations. Well, when the lady came and talked to me while I was waiting for you in the restroom, I knew that you would come out and, and I would be rescued. So <laughs> I wasn't too worried, but... Yes. I'm also often looking at the person thinking, I'm trying to follow what you're saying. And that's hard because I don't want to. And also because I don't know what you're saying, which is probably why I don't want to. And it's just people joking about things. So, the, But none of those are gendery things. And that's what we started with, which was the me trying to figure out the social interactions of Well, that is men. another so- gendery thing, though, because, like, for example, you had talked to Deb before and you go over and talk to Deb again. And there's only so many times you can, without another reason besides just to strike up conversation, that you can go and talk to a female acquaintance. Right. And I could talk to her about... Uh, when I went over to talk to her, say, oh, you know, I meant to have you both check the picture and see if that was okay. And she says, oh, it doesn't, no worries, you know. Right. But, um, and again, without outing ourselves as fellow internet micro-celebrities, you right. know, there's that element of, I'm just a fan coming and glomming on you now. Right. That is made, again, just a little bit more potentially threatening by the patriarchy that follows you everywhere now. Right. And so, yeah, the, without another reason to say hi, you've probably used up your uh, opportunities for the year, maybe. Yeah, that's okay, though. Yeah. Not like I'm going to see her around. Probably not. Nope. I think for the most part, I still find it easier to talk to the women people, even some of the socially awkward people, but who are gender different. I'm much more comfortable around them than I am around... I I haven't talked to a lot of fellows who were very 
friendly. Cis guys have that distance thing, and I'm not quite entirely sure how much of it is cultural and how much of it is... I don't know. There has been uh, some guys, and they'll do a shorter, they do a shorter, briefer, I like your outfit, you did a good job, and stuff like that, like, sort of like a, you know, pat on the back as you're going by type of deal, you know? Yeah. And those guys were pretty friendly. But what was weird last night, which is also why I decided to come back and put on some clothes to relax in if I was going out again is I I was wandering around just looking at things and and people had started to drink and um so then odd I don't know that they weren't odd people but women I didn't know would start talking to me and saying how I was looking cute in that outfit and it was just feeling weird to me because drunk ladies were talking to me and giving me ribbons that said things like find the fornicator and I was like okay I'm going back now to my room that is funny <laughs> and and you know <laughs> there there is this culture in a lot of straight swinger culture and party culture where every woman expects to be desirable and expects to be the gatekeeper of male desire. And if I find you attractive, all I need to do is express my attraction to you. Right. And it is really effing weird. Well, it can be weird. And it seems like a bit of a gendery thing that I, I certainly hadn't experienced before. You know, when I was a young guy, I always thought I want to talk to these girls and them to pay attention to me, too. And now that I'm an older guy, I'm not feeling that way. Well, I think a lot of that is also due to the fact that you're naturally monogamous. When you are happy in your relationship, you don't need a lot of other female attention. When you were unhappy in your relationship, you wanted female attention. This is true. Which, But it's very different as as a male presenting person to have the attention of of what I perceived last night to be a lot of cisgendered straight women that, like I said, when I was young, I couldn't have their attention, and it seemed sad to me that I couldn't have their attention. I bet it did. (laughs) But it was a bit shocking, I think is the point. Yeah. To have their attention and be like, whoa, what's going on here? I'm in a twilight zone. <laughs> you know? That's funny. So that's that was a, a, that is a bit a of a gender, a gendery culture shock thing. I am aware of the existence of this culture because I have, you know, experienced it some. And in the more sex positive communities, there is a much greater emphasis on consent, like before you even try and hit on someone. You know, expressing mutual interest before you even start. Right. But when people are intoxicated, they they wouldn't get the cues. No, no. And for people who haven't experienced a consent-rich, sex-positive culture, like I said, women are, in our culture, used to just being the sexual gatekeepers. And if I want you, I can open my gate for you. Yeah, I guess that, that that could be a thing. And you are... A non-intimidating, attractive, and to put it politely, you appear well cared for. You appear well off because you take good care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that women find attractive. Your attention to detail in your outfit is fairly precise. And women like attention to detail because if you're willing to take that good care of yourself, how how well are you going to be taking care of them? And some of them probably wanted to be taken care of, but... That's okay. I was not ready to take care of them. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also a funny thing to me, because whereas you are naturally monogamous, I am naturally poly. And so whereas your desire kind of shuts down, narrows in, 
your spotlight focus becomes laser beam when you are happy in a relationship, my spotlight never narrows. I, I see, I am attracted to, I have no interest in actually pursuing because ain't nobody got time for that. I wasn't attracted to any of those people, though. I mean, I can recognize whether I'm attracted to someone or not. Exactly. And the other thing is, I'm not a cisgendered male, so I'm not... You don't want to be anybody's surprise story. No. Not no, interested in that. That's true. Yeah, but I, yeah, I wasn't attracted to those people, and it was almost a bit like when... I was female presenting and some guy would try to start hitting on you and be, you'd be like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that that's funny. You know, I mean, not funny, haha, but like in, interesting and intriguing that that's how it, yeah. So anyhow. Yeah, see, I I, I rarely have a no response if somebody's hitting on me. I don't know if you'd be that way with drunk women. With drunk women, yeah, no, probably not. You're correct. there's, There's a thing that's a little off then, you know? Yes, and I have my own PTSD around drunk people, so that's another layer to it. Yeah, and I don't want to be a, a surprise. So there. Yeah, all which right. Which is another trans issue. It is. Uh-huh. You are correct. It is. So that's that for now, I think. Is there anything else that's worth talking about last couple days? Don't know. Okay. If there is, we'll probably have another follow-up episode because the weekend's not done yet. It is not. It's more than half done. We go back home to small humans soon. Yes, and it's late. It's not as late as it feels right now. Right. It feels later than this. It does feel later than that. At the time of recording, it's not 9 o'clock yet, but it has been a long weekend and we end up drained at the end of each day. In a good way. Yeah. So is that it for now? I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Yeah. And then... Is it going to pick up all that noise? There will be some background noise, but we are recording in a hotel room. Yes. And if they do, then... We'll put that here. Jess will put that here. (laughs) I I don't do things like that. That's okay. I'll cut them together. Yes. Okay. That's just going to be our entertaining background noise. (laughs) I'm afraid so. Yeah.